throw, throw the wonder boy. You dropped your books, Poindexter. Yeah. Troy, I've been waiting for an hour. It's all right. I'm worth it. Hip, hop, body don't stop. Rip aside, got the broom, don't need a mop. Put your team in the box, put a ribbon on top. We're not John Kerry because we don't flip-flop. Say ho. Why? Why are you doing our politically conservative high school shamefully outdated fight rap? Have you been playing football? Skin around a couple of times. Still got it. But you knew we had an astronomy test tomorrow. Class blows. What I need to know about the universe is that I'm at the center of it. Oh, bing, bong, sing along. Your team's gummed down because your views are wrong. Troy, stop. Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. This is episode 93, the first new episode of the year 2012. The countdown has begun for Mayan destruction. Go earthquakes, tsunamis, and pestilence and plague. Can't wait. What's the date? Like December 19th or something like that? So we can't even make it to Christmas. Come on, Jesus. Gotta say, at least we can make it to Jesus' birthday, man. But... Um, and uh, as, as you know, we took a little bit of an extended holiday there. So, uh, you know, if you were expecting Gundam uh, in, you know, a couple weeks ago, well, you know, you were sadly let down. But at least you had a good enough holidays that, um, you know, you forgot about us. So, but we're back. And, and of as course, there was the, the, the mega special that Dolo made. So that should, that should pacify people. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the good, we just take, we take the old stuff and repackage it for you. So we're just like it, the old, old, old Fukuda, the, the master. Yeah, yeah Fukuda. Oh, Fukuda. Oh, master of repackaging. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just like the master of lock picking. Oh. But always, I'm joined here with. Uh, oh Soul God, Man. I made the first Capcom reference. What the hell of, of 2012? What there the fuck? You broke it. You broke Let's it. Damn it. Out. Something's wrong with this picture. It must be the end of the world if I made the first Capcom reference of the year. Capcom on the brain, huh? But as you can see, I'm always here, uh, joined here with uh, Solbro and Chris. Uh, how are you guys doing? How are your holidays? Did you not care about any of these people like I didn't and just sat around with with, with uh, hookers and uh, caviar? I, I can't say that. All I sat around with was Skyrim. Skyrim, 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 Skyrim. Skyrim, oh. man. That has been the world's obsession, man. That game is... That game is... It, it's, it's, it can, That's it a can game you'll never though. play. That's hey, a man. game I'll never play, Adam, and probably hey, a game I'll never play. <laughs> Well, I'd probably play it before you would. I know, if there was I, a Capcom I, mod on the PC version, maybe. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. No, it's, it's an incredible game, man, and it's taken the internet by storm with all the different memes surrounding it now. Unfortunately. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the one thing. It's like I've, I've heard enough 
you know, took an arrow to the knee jokes to last me a lifetime, unfortunately. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're just keep coming. <laughs> Not to end anytime soon. Not ending but... anytime soon. Nor the amount of, nor me playing that game, because since Christmas I've put in at least 70 hours into that Ooh. game. Damn. Damn. That's, that's all that recording time. Like, it, oh. it, it eats your soul. But that's again oh just worth the money that uh, the money that it costs, man. Because you've been playing that game for ages <laughs> without running out of things to do. Uh, yeah, I, if anything, uh, I, I it's can't always say. one more cave that needs looting, and always one more <laughs> bandit that needs killing. Always one more wolf to level you up, right? All I need is one more wolf to kill to level up. <laughs> man, those wolves, those wolves are chumps. It's uh, the the real the real leveling is with uh, trolls and giants. So that's where it's at. Uh, 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 that's and dragons. Right. Man, trolls. What about, what what about if, the Grizzlies, uh, man? What, if, what about our trolls? You, you have anime trolls in there? Oh, we don't have those kind there. <laughs> Damn, Damn it. it. <laughs> Maybe there's a mod for that. I mean, hey, if you can mod in a uh, Macho Man Randy Savage Dragon into Skyrim, Ooh. It, Ooh. you can do anything. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what happens. It flies around, and when it shoots fire, he's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. It makes it worth playing it on the PC, preferably. With, with, with Disco Inferno <laughs> playing in the background. Oh, God. Well, That's he's flying around, uh, blowing up everything. I'm going, yeah! That's a dream game. I must have this on the computer. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> exactly. While the town is actually burning. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. I have to see. I, I, see I, to the YouTubes. It's some of the weirdest three minutes. I'm sure if you Google like uh, Macho Man Skyrim, you'll that'll be like the first result you get. No. And if it's not, then I don't know what the hell it could be. That, that's when I enjoy the internet for stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it was. That's why God gave us the internet for Macho Man, Randy Savage, dragons in Skyrim. Oh, what a dream come true! But um, good times. <laughs> well, sounds like everybody had a good holiday then, so we're going to be going into the first episode of 2012, which will be a little bit shorter episode. Um, we're only going to be doing one topic here, but we're going to, it's a pretty important topic, so um, just going to kind of tease it on there. So we'll, uh, we're going to get right into the news. And uh, first, uh, and this is coming from the NEOs Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Mecha Talk Forum. And since we hadn't been around for a while, we kind of piled up a little bit. So I kind of picked some of the more important ones. So if I didn't pick you at this time, uh, don't you hate. You should feel incensed and angry. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't hate and go immediately to the forums or, you know, the 4chan. <laughs> Dear Live Journal. Um, first one here comes from uh, Dolo. And for all those people that are uh, big dot. Uh, .hack fans. There's going to be a new game coming out. This is coming from the AdrenaSang.com website. And it was revealed in Famitsu that there's going to be a new .hack game. Hopefully it's better than the last one. Uh, but it should be pretty good. Um, so, and I'll probably have to buy it because in a couple of years I'll be selling all those on eBay like I did the, <laughs> the first game. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mr. Dolo, for your submission there. And next one here comes from Gundam Type Zero. And I guess, you know, the, the spirit of 2011 was things getting hacked. And this is coming from the Sankaku Complex that uh, Bandai uh, joined the legion of uh, companies suffering embarrassing hacks, having been forced to take a number of its sites off offline. So um, nobody really missed them because nobody really goes to them. But they, they had to do it. Oh, that was too bad. 
Uh, but they, Bandai is saying that no personal information or credit card information was taken care of, so there shouldn't be any problems with that. So that means definitely check your credit card statements this next day <laughs> if you ever bought anything from any Bandai website. So uh, definitely check that out. And thank you, Mr. Gundam Type Zero, for your submission. Next one comes uh, from Nasty Nate, and uh, it's talking about in March 8th, there's going to be a Gundam Unicorn PS3 game. And uh, it's the surprising low price of 5,040 yen. And so it's, it's going to be, and there's also going to be coming a, uh, a limited edition one. Uh, and another poster had talked about that one. Thank you, Mr. Nasty Nate, for your submission there. And, oh, Jabman025, Defender of Destiny. And he also... <sighs> what does this guy uh, want? Yeah, it, he also talks about on the Anime News Network uh, about the Gundam UC game. It's going to have a bundle, and you're going to be able to get... Uh, it's the limited edition bundle is going for the game. is going to include the uh, Mobile Suit Gundam UC Collector's Disc, which will fe- feature a digest of the first three episodes of Gundam Unicorn. And it's also going to include a digest video of film and live premiere for the fourth episode, which was held on October 1st of 2011. And uh, so basically you're going to pay a lot of money for stuff that doesn't really sound that exciting. So um, way to go, Bandai. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jadman. It's what, it's what they specialize in, making you pay a lot of money for stuff that's not very exciting. And thank God my, my credit card information wasn't hacked because they're already screwing me enough. I don't need thieves to get <laughs> So thank you for your submission. Uh, next one here comes from Poster Flame X. And uh, Chris, you've, you've watched Eureka 7, right? Solbro, I yeah. think you've probably seen it. I don't know if you've ever yeah. finished it. Um, but, and we all know about the horrible Eureka 7 movie. And, um, <laughs> but uh, Eureka 7 AO is going to get a TV anime that's going to debut in April 2012. So definitely uh, check that out. We'll keep you... We'll keep you posted on that because if you haven't seen the original Yurka 7, it's good stuff. So definitely get on that. So thank you, Mr. Flame X, for your submissions. And the next one here is from Flame X again. But this is especially for one of the hosts here. And oh, uh, this is definitely, this comes from Japaninator.com. And uh, it's for you, Soul Bro. Oh. When, you get, when you get blue... And you wish you were in, whenever you get blue and you get, actually go to Japan, and if you're feeling down, I know it'll bring you up. The Capcom bar. Because <laughs> I, I got to feel it. I picture the Capcom bar of being kind of like a uh, Street Fighter themed cheers. And, and Solbro being Norm sitting in, you know, he's got his own stool. Or like Morn in, um, what is it, Deep Space yes, Nine? Deep Space Nine. Has yep. his own little has his own little thing, and as soon as he comes in, Sobro will be like, you know, I try to do forty five Hadoukens in a row, perfect today, and it, <laughs> he walks in. What are you drinking? Whatever they give me. <laughs> instead of instead of Sam Ballone as your bartender, it's um Ken Masters. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Decided to retire and start start up a bar. <laughs> so, as, as the as the article here says, still can't get over the fact that Mega Man Legends Three was canceled. Drown <laughs> your sorrows in some tasty spirits. Check out the Cat Bar. It's going to be in the Palisade Resort in Shinjuku on uh, oh. January twenty fifth. So that um, that bar will close when Solbro decides to go to Japan. No yeah. doubt. No <laughs> doubt. 
And ironically, this article is uh was 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 brought to us by uh Hiroko herself, uh former uh, Gundam guest host, uh Hiroko Yamamura. I I just I just pulled up the article. I was like, oh snap, she 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 actually wrote this article, so that's cool. Look at these pictures, man. Damn. Yeah, it'll close down by the time I get there, I'm sure. <laughs> no, they'll they'll hear that you that you bought your ticket and they're like Close it down, Norit Gaijin Sorbro. Come use. It's yeah, not good. You'll never leave. It's too buku. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just sit in there, and I'll be. He just, he just, just never will leave. Uh, <laughs> it, closing time. Closing time. You must go. No, no, no. Oh, I'm more. No, no, no. You must go. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be Black Norm. <laughs> so, just, just gotta wait for my, my, my Cliff Clavin to roll in. We ain't never leaving. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but um, it looks cool. Uh, if anything, I, I had no, I had no idea about this. So um, by the crayon drawings, I mean you can only go by what they have there. I mean, it's, Not it's, too much detail. It's sketching, but um, it's small like a Japanese bar would be. So it, if anything, I, I'm excited to see how it looks like uh, when when it start, um, when YouTube starts rolling in with the footage. So if they let them film in there, that's pretty neat. So uh, thank you. Mr. Flamex for your submission and thank you everyone for your submissions and um, like always if you have anything there just put them in the news listener submitted news articles thread in the Mecha Talk forum in the Gundam section so um, if there's anything else guys before we get going do you guys have anything else or before we go on to our first and only topic of the day today the secrets secret super secrets uh, topic that we're going to talk about here the, the, the super that, secret topic that, that is explained in the show notes Yes. Well, I'm 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 doing this for the people that don't like read. You know, the ones that are like I mean this it, your 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 levels of secrecy would only work if we were like doing a live recording on, on Ustream or something, people were listening, it's like, oh what are they to talk about? I don't give a bad impression. <laughs> no, I don't wanna I don't wanna give anyone the impression we're never gonna do that because we're not, so don't don't start emailing something like, Hey you should guys should do that because no. <laughs> gonna happen too much yeah. work <laughs> but um all right so if that's it we'll be getting into our first topic i'm sure the posters on the new site probably know which route we're going and probably i'm sure all the other listeners that don't normally go and post up they probably got an idea too so it's big big business news that's the way i'll teach it bye 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 sell 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 so and it gundam kramer he might make a show up in this, in this next topic. So, but uh, if that's it, we'll be going to that. And you're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Just how outrageous are the hosts of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast? Bulma, brief, from Dragon Ball Z, is such a uh, tease. Anime. You're going to go over to Master Roshi's house every day, wearing your little short shorts, your little sexy tops. Addicts. But you're not going to let him tap that ass, even though he wants to tap it, and he gets nosebleeds all the time. Anonymous. He's 500 years old. The man can't die till he gets laid. Let the man rest in peace. All I gotta say is, Master Roshi's sperm count is over 9,000. Podcast. Don't miss a moment. Tune in at aaapodcast.com and iTunes. 
Hey guys, I am Sean Ryan, also known as the Grey Ghost. And I am Kevin Gray, also known as the Business and the LLC. And we are Method to Madness, a weekly podcast that cusses and discusses anime and video games. Yes. And other otaku subjects. That That is what we are here for. We are here to rip them up and sometimes build them up. The shows that we love, the shows that we hate, the shows that we watch so that you wouldn't have to. Go to thegreyghost.net or go check us out on iTunes. With whiskey. <laughs> this is so stupid, but also. That's why this is going to be great. Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Brandon was just a dork who wanted to shoot lightning out of his hands like Gundam Ryu from Street Fighter. <laughs> so I waved my magic wand and brought this lightning bolt legend out to Hollywood, where the nerd always gets the girl. This segment of Gundam at MHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. Doom! Fire! Damnation! Brimstone! Death! Death to all! Repent, my brothers. The end is nigh! Repent! Somebody must have saw Red State. As a matter of fact, yes, but that's not the topic today. <laughs> So we're we're back on Gundam, and uh, if if you have any uh, inkling of what the topic is, you might have guessed. Yes, it's about the doom and destruction and bad things. Sky is falling. Bandai is over. Anime is over. Love is over. <laughs> Love is dead. <laughs> yes. So. Yes, the uh, the new year got off to a pretty bad note on the anime uh, front because. Uh, Straight out of the gate, on the 2nd of January, we heard the news on ANN that Bandai Entertainment is uh, sort of pulling a Jenny on, and they're pulling out of releasing physical product and are switching their focus to being a licensing intermediary. And, you know, having watched Bandai for many years and their slow descent into death, I can't say that this is uh, at all surprising. What was surprising was I didn't expect them to last through 2012. I didn't, ex but I didn't expect that they wouldn't even start 2012. <laughs> yeah, because this is all like December, you know, the last weeks of December 2011. So 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the new fiscal year was coming up, so that's probably why they want to get this stuff off their books. So, what's the story? Uh, the the A and N article they they uh, they list some of the reasons why they had an interview with Ken Iadomi, who uh, is running the Bandai Entertainment subdivision there, and he goes over a couple of things, uh, chiefly that this decision was made in October by the Contents Strategic Business Unit in Japan. So this was already known. And now that we know this, it explains a lot of separate things that were going on that we were speculating about before. Mm-hmm. For example, um, the continued absolute silence on Turn A Gundam. Yes. Yeah. That kept slipping and slipping and slipping, even though <clears throat> uh, MSG Collection came out and total silence about Turn A, even though it was a fall 2011 release. And then 2012 is getting along, and we have a street date and cover art for MSG Collection 2, but still no turn A. And then the news comes out, oh, by the way, we got some shows that are canceled, including turn A Gundam. (laughs) I I laugh, but I want to cry at the same time. Then you had, in December, the news that they were closing their online store. Yes. Mm. Which wasn't encouraging. No. And then you had right around the same time this very odd announcement of uh, you know solicitations for upcoming releases, where they're just releasing a crap load of stuff on February seventh, way more than they usually release, given that they crap out you know a couple of things a month now, and of course that's not accounting for their usual delays on everything. Mm-hmm. So separately, those are all kind of very suspicious things. But now, all put together, knowing that this was decided back in October, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah, all the pieces add up, and um, you know, as much as we didn't want to believe that something like this was going to play out, and especially you know, when it comes well, to well, count, count yourself on that one, because as soon as I heard the online store was gone, yeah. I just I started the I started the timer. It oh. was just like because it, it, it's typical because it doesn't even matter if it's this industry or not when you when companies start to make these out of the blue decisions like this mm-hmm. and shutting down different especially distributing their product you know the end is nine <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's I, coming I, I guess i was in disbelief because i so wanted turn a gundam to to get its shot in uh to get a shot in the, in the american home video market you know even if it was just something you had to order online specifically and not be on the shelves just to have it have an official copy of that show well, it would have been great. And I um, knew Turn A was going to be a failure. I just wanted uh, to own my copy of it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And yeah, I, I, I want to own my copy of it too. <laughs> you know, and for, for all those those people who are like, "Hey, could you guys say that this is never going to happen so that it does happen?" Because Turn A, ha ha ha. Well, now who's laughing? <laughs> you know, and I don't like being right about this, but I was right about this. <laughs> you know, you got to take a wait and see attitude when you have a company like Bandai. That mm-hmm. has a shifty record with this kind of stuff because it's exactly how it was way back when they licensed SPT Lasner. They made one announcement about it, then they got very vague, and they didn't mention it at all unless someone bothered them about it. And that's exactly how it was with Turn A. They made this big announcement in 2010. Yeah. Oh, we got Turn A. Silence, silence, silence. Oh, uh, fall 2011 release. Uh, here's some crappy trailer. And then more <laughs> silence. And finally now, oh, it's not coming out ever. Along with um, the 
similarly canceled manga for release for Gundam 00i, which was mentioned exactly once, I think, and never yeah. heard from again until now, this cancellation announcement. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, um, you know, I hope this, uh, just for a minor, minor uh, digression, I hope this proves one very important point to people. Don't listen to licensing announcements or press releases because a licensing announcement and a press release are worlds apart from the actual damn thing being in your hands. Yeah, because true. there are plenty of things that get licensed and announced that never reach retail shelves. Just because they go through the trouble of buying the license doesn't necessarily mean they're, um, that that the show will come out. Uh, we've seen numerous examples with this with, through other companies as well. Not well look just at Bandai. ADV, uh, yeah. their implosion with uh, when, when Sojits took back their investment and suddenly ADV lost all of these titles Oh yeah, they were going to release. So, you know, yeah, licensing announcements are nice, but they're pretty bullshit. <laughs> that's why I said, that's why I was saying to Turn A, like, oh yeah, Turn A's coming out. I'll believe it when I hold that, that DVD in my hands, which <laughs> is never going to happen. A lot, of, a lot of times they license these shows too to, to hinder pirates because um, they know once the shows are licensed that it's, um, it's, it's pretty much official that that show needs, uh, needs to cease distribution and fan That has subs no effect and, anymore at all. It, it, it really doesn't, but at it the same time... It doesn't because the, the, the new generation of fan sub pirates, mm-hmm. I mean, I could easily find Turn A yesterday or the day before <laughs> the announcement as I could before it was ever licensed in 2010. That has, yeah. like, there are people who have that whole, that whole like, sort of like um, under the table like fan subber's honor, that went mm-hmm. out the door a decade ago. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that, they're, that I mean, there's, you can find stuff that's been licensed and released, and it's, you can still find the fan subs for it or the rips of the official version. So <laughs> yeah. that little under-the-table gentleman's agreement no longer yeah. exists. Yeah, it's, that has, mean, like, no effect or deterrent whatsoever. Because if I, I remember, I made a point about this on Gundam a while back, that uh, a few years ago when Solid State Society mm-hmm. was uh, licensed by Bandai, they put out the statement like, hey, you fan subbers. Don't you go and fan sub this because we went and licensed it, and that would be a very bad thing if you fan subbed it. Like, it was very odd that they put out this statement. What do you think happened? Got fan subbed. Zillion fan subbers jumped on it. So, Bandai was not exactly much in the. Uh, they weren't very exactly effective as being the, the fan sub police to begin with. So, and, and, I, and I think in a lot of ways, too, as much as these companies probably won't admit to it publicly, but behind closed doors, that's kind of how they gauge the popularity of these shows now, too. Well, a lot of them admit that. You know, they yeah. use FanSub as market research. If Show X gets a zillion downloads and people are talking about it on forums, then there's more of a market than it for it than, say, Show Y that isn't even being FanSubbed by yeah. fans. Mm-hmm. But that's so. the way it's – even with videotapes, I'm sure that's the way it was back then. You know, if there was some videotape that was very highly in circulation, then the companies would be like, hmm, maybe there's a market for that. But anyway, yeah, that's how we got Akira and stuff like that. <laughs> let's uh, let's get to the heart of the issue. And mm. here's uh, here's a quote from the Ken Iadomi interview. And this is basically coming back to what we've been saying here since the very beginning. Ad nauseum. Says, <laughs> the pricing range for our products kept dropping in Western countries, and people tended only to buy sets with very reasonable prices, which we understand is what fans want, but it led us to a different strategy than what Japanese licensors wanted, he remarked. So we always had a problem with licensors wanting something different 
than what consumers wanted. And ain't that what we've been saying since since day one? Yeah, yeah, we have been. Um, <clears throat> and I, it's, it's it's sad that they're listening all the way up to now. <laughs> and you know what? Here's here's the problem. We've had this as an issue before with other companies. The downfall of the anime industry will not be piracy, as so many people just so um, Quick to instantly like to jump up and proclaim. Yeah. The downfall of the anime industry will be Japan. Well, I mean, Japanese companies in total, it doesn't matter if they're anime companies or not. We've seen in the last decade or so most of these companies losing market share and stuff because, you know, 30 years ago or 20 years ago, they had things that people wanted and people went in there and got them. Well, uh, you know, consumers' tastes have changed and the Japanese model is okay, we're going to offer it this way. It's worked in the past, it'll work in the future. And they they can't adapt to it, and it's the same thing here. I mean, when when the, uh, these companies were doing well in the early two, late '90s, early 2000s, people were wanting that stuff. But now, you know, uh, three episodes on a DVD for thirty dollars is just is not floating anymore. So yeah. it, it's and and that's and that's their downfall. So it's like you said, you can blame piracy all you want, and that's an easy way to blame it. Mm-hmm. But when a company is unwilling to um, adapt to changing consumer trends and changes, and they have no one to blame but themselves when their market share falls. And that's and and we've seen this happen uh, yeah. when all of these anime companies they tried to take a hand with direct U.S. releases. Uh, Toei's brief entrance into the anime releasing business in America was disastrous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bandai Visual. Well, more on that later. <laughs> You know, it just has happened time and again. And here's the here's the main part of why Japan is the problem, because they get most of their business domestically. Yeah. America and the rest of the world is small potatoes. Yeah. So I can see why, from their perspective, they would say, "Why would we bother putting effort into this these other markets, the rest of the world, that uh, aren't going to bring us much, and and potentially hurt our domestic." cow which is where we get our bread and butter yeah why why are we why why should we care when we have people here that will uh, blindly pay two and three times the amount of what these products are even worth worth. Yeah. yeah you know why from their perspective basically why do they care about developing potential markets when they already have their one market but as i'm sure anyone in the world of business will tell you, you got to diversify. Yeah. Uh, you can't count on just one market to be your sole source of revenue because you know well, what? Markets change. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure they're changing there, but the one thing it, I think it just comes down, it's all uh, comes down to their whole culture too. I mean, the Japanese tendency to change is, is very slow and I'm sure that they're starting to have some people, you know, thinking twice about this, but, you know, if it ain't broke, why fix it at this point? Yeah. And these, um, you know, that's how the companies feel it. And, and, it just... and, don't, and, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, you can bear my words out on this. Forget about the rest of the world for a moment. The intractable attitude of the Japanese companies will eventually hurt them oh, yeah. in their own market, mark my words. Because well, it's, them. It's, it, it is, but it's going to, Right now, they don't really feel it that bad, but it's right. going to hit them sooner or later because consumers over there are going to change too. They're going to want to do more streaming of oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know they're going to want 
you know, more Blu-ray collections. They're not going to want to pay $50 for some Blu-ray that uh, only has two episodes on it, like, say, Gundam Age. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting that we're still at this level that the first Blu-ray of Gundam Age only has two episodes on it. Good yeah. God. And costs 5,000 yen. God yeah. damn. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, come on, guys. You really? This is the year 2012, and you're still doing this shit like if it was 1985, and it's like, here, have these two episodes per tape. Well, I I guess it's still, I guess otakus are still willing to spend absorbing the amount of money, but as you said, there's going to be a sea change. Yeah, but things change. You know, you cannot, no business model survives intact for decades. Well, especially, yeah. especially in a global economy, because we all live in areas where you get a lot of Asian tourists, and we'll see them, especially when we go to the, the, the malls or the, you know, the, the centers that the shopping centers that cater more to the touristy element, and you see the Asian people go in there and they buy everything, and you know, as they start bringing this stuff over, you know, you'll you'll go into like a Best Buy and stuff, and they're wiping out the Blu-ray shelves because they're probably getting all of. For what they spend on one movie in Japan, they're probably getting five movies here. You yeah, know? It's, it's not that hard for a Japanese consumer to go to Amazon.com and see the prices. Yeah. Perfect example. Mm-hmm. Uh, in February, Sentai is releasing a Blu-ray collection of the Broken Blade fantasy mecha movies. Right. These are six one-hour movies. The MSRP for that is $69 for six-hour hour long movies. That's, that's a good deal Ooh, already. That's a sweet deal. That's a sweet deal. Rice stuff is selling it for fifty-two dollars. Wow! Mind you, <laughs> in Japan, these movies were all released individually on Blu-ray, and I would guarantee for a price no lower than five thousand yen each. Add that up times six, yeah, and then do your conversion. It's a big difference in that's, in in price. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what they are. Uh, that's what they're faced. <laughs> We're yeah. buying in their own market, which is why, you know, the smartest otaku over there are freaking importing everything that they want to watch. And um, as long as the Japanese companies get the revenue that they want from their domestic market, they don't care about treating us and the rest of the world as second-class consumers. Yeah. yeah. They don't they care about, you know, delaying Blu-ray releases to prevent reverse importation. They don't care about releasing things dub only. They don't care about the price. They don't care about the episode counts. They don't care about whether this gets released or not. They just don't care because like, they mm-hmm. get the money that they need from their home market and the rest of the world is just small potatoes. It's almost like a once once a burn twice shy situation where uh, Gundam Wing was a huge success here in America and then when, um, when they transitioned over to Mobile Suit Gundam, you know, it wasn't that much a success and I don't think they've tried... Nearly but as hard as they I, did um, since the, since their initial attempt to market Gundam in, in other markets as as well as they've done in Japan or or at least at least try different things to get Gundam um, you know out there and 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 there are other animes too I mean yeah. I, I, and I yet just, it's a failure caused by them yeah, you know it's yeah. not a failure in the in the marketplace it's a failure of them making the bad decision of following up Wing with MSG but of course they don't see it that way and they never will no nah. you know it's, because it's, so. It's, it's, See, Americans don't know better. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's exactly what it is. I mean, we laugh, but that's exact. I mean, in the in this article, that's basically as I'm as I'm reading these quotes uh, from uh, from this person, it's just like you can tell the frustration on his end mm-hmm. of 
they probably sat there for years and like you know their hands are tied yeah we have such an opportunity you have such an opportunity to get additional revenue that you you never really thought of before for, for probably a very small investment. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all actuality, do they need to put big advertising campaigns? No. No. If they just did things throughout the, the network of conventions throughout the United States and mm-hmm. Europe. They would have a nice stream of income. But, you know, hey, uh, it's it's not the same. You know, getting getting $50 for uh, 10 episodes on a part one set isn't like getting uh, $100 for, um, you know, two episodes on a Blu-ray. So... Yeah. That, I mean, and, and the thing is, is in five years when we start hearing about these companies having these issues, they got no, they'll, they'll, they'll do all the blanket things. It'll be this, it'll be that. The piracy, the yes. people aren't buying enough, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and I made, I'll, you know what? I'll make the same point that I made uh, on the thread about this on Talk that uh, our listener, Nasty Nate, was saying that he, he felt he was part of the problem because he wasn't buying enough releases. And I told him, dude, no, you, you got to stop that right now. Yeah. These companies, they're competing in the marketplace. Uh, the money that you give them is not welfare that they're entitled to. No. They have to compete for you by selling you a good product. If they don't do that properly, they don't survive. Some companies do. Some companies don't. That's capitalism. That's the marketplace. Yeah. You know, All these companies act like they're entitled to our money and that when we don't give it to them, it's our fault for not buying their products. Yeah. No. You're... you're job is to convince me why should I buy your product versus somebody else's product or no product at all mm-hmm. not why am I not giving you enough of my money that is just the most bullshit attitude and that's something that you <laughs> see all over the world and, and I hate it I, I, I can look at my anime DVD collection and tell you that one third of it is Bandai one third and at that's, least that's half just, of it is, yeah. is Bandai for me oh my god and it's like I, 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 I supported them pretty pretty swiftly throughout the years and uh, and, and fervently I, I don't know it, it, I, when it comes to Bandai America I know that uh, it, like any other Japanese American subsidiary of a Japanese company they like you said they have their hands tied and they only can do so much without well, this you know, is just not big... just not just hands tied but also like ball bearing in the mouth full on yeah. SM because yeah. let's, let's run through the sad history of Bandai Entertainment mm-hmm. for a minute Okay, so you hear the name Bandai Entertainment. What what does that conjure to mind for you when you hear that name? Our Rangers. <laughs> no, I mean like as a company. Oh, oh. oh, I'm thinking toys first off because Bandai is you know that's, well, not, that's not a Bandai butter, America, but, not yeah. Bandai America. That's toys. I'm talking specifically Bandai Entertainment, the anime distributor. What what do you think of when you hear that name? High prices. <laughs> well, to me, to me, Gundam always comes to mind first okay, and foremost. Okay, you guys aren't quite getting what I'm saying, but here's okay. the point. All right. You think Bandai? It's the American arm. Version. Yeah. Of Bandai, but that's really not the case at all. Yeah. Yes, they are, but no, they aren't. Because I was very surprised to hear that uh, Bandai of Japan and Sunrise forced Bandai Entertainment. Let's just call them B to keep things simple. Mm-hmm. They forced B. To compete for licenses to stuff just like everyone else. Yeah, that's ridiculous. How does that make any sense? Because you would assume if Bandai Entertainment B is the American subsidiary of Bandai, they should just automatically speed it on through and release it. Yeah. Why do they have to pay for their own company's product? That makes no sense whatsoever. They're messing with the books is what they're doing. That's, and, that's, an, that's an accounting thing, and what they're doing is they're they're messing, they're propping up profits and stuff on the Bandai side, Bandai Japan, from having B 
pay for things or you know and manipulate they're cannibalizing market. their own company basically yeah that's yes and because of that uh the american subsidiary they have to pass that along to the consumers mm-hmm. because they have to pay all of this money to license stuff from their own company which is just ridiculous you would just assume it'd be common sense yeah they just release it because they're, yeah. they're the american arm of bandai I no fig- that's not the way it was at all i figured they would get first dibs and whatever they didn't want to license out here for america they would pat they would allow it to be licensed by other companies but you're telling me that they had to compete with funimation and and, and, and adv and jenny on all of these people wow. just the same yeah. you know Jesus christ and there was sunrise stuff that got released by other people like for example yeah. mm-hmm. uh adv releasing dunbine and mm-hmm. gasaraki stuff mm-hmm. like that so it wasn't a guarantee that band entertainment would get anything by sunrise but it's still ridiculous that they would have to compete for licenses just like anybody else that's insane then let's move on and i would say that the uh the decline of bandai entertainment started as much as seven years ago and that was when they created bandai visual usa yeah yeah because what's it, this baffled me back then, and it still baffles me to this day, seven years later. Mm-hmm. What sense does it make if you have an American subsidiary that releases a product to then set up a competing company with almost mm-hmm. the same name <laughs> that also sells the same product at a higher price? Yeah. What that says to me in retrospect is, even at the time, is that Bandai did not have much uh, faith in B. Yeah. And I don't doubt that had Bandai Visual not been a spectacular failure, that they would have eventually folded B into Me it too. rather than the other way around. Yeah. yeah, probably. But if you look at it now, the how Bandai Entertainment has developed over the last decade, you can see that that's sort of the, be- the beginning of, of the troubles for them because in the first half of the 2000s, you know, they were one of the biggest anime companies that there was in America. Look at just all the stuff they released. Gundam Wing, Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. Escaflone, Wolf's Reign, yeah. Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so many, like, major titles. Big O. I mean, if you can think of almost any major anime from the late, 80, late 90s or early 2000s, it's a good chance Bandai released it. Yeah, they yeah. had a lot, of great, uh, a lot of great titles on, uh, on their label. And, um, you know, some kick-ass titles that probably sold well, especially Bebop. I own that twice over. <laughs> it's, you know, they, they released that several times over in different versions and in different box sets. And it was a huge success for them. And um, I'm sure some of the, uh, the the other series like Outlaw Star and, and, and whatnot, you know, huge successes, especially Hell, the, uh, great the, TV runs. The, the, the what is it, the uh, Gundam Wing box set. They couldn't keep those on the shelves. No, they couldn't. I, mean, I, I had to actually order mine and have it held. Mm-hmm. Because I could never, it, as soon as it would come into whatever video stores you would go into, mm-hmm. the day it came in, people would buy that. And it was like, at that time, it was pretty pricey. It was like 120 yeah. bucks. It's like, oh my God. Still, and, and, pe- and in those people- days, remember, the, when the days when Bandai was the big dog, this was back in the day when Funimation was still known as the shitty DBZ company. <laughs> they couldn't even get their act together and release stuff on their own, and everyone absolutely hated them. Mm-hmm. Like if they were, you know, uh, the spawn of Satan. Mm-hmm. Damn. And I'm sure to some they still are, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but Bandai was one of the kings of the market because they uh-huh. had such a huge market share. They had so many well-known titles, and they did a good job with the stuff. They yeah. were like one of the premier companies. 
But then after Bandai Visual, things started to change. You started to see uh, more defects in their releases. Yes. More and more delays. Pretty much everything that they announced would eventually get delayed, which we used to joke about here. Like, you know, how, how do you account for the built-in delay for every product? Yeah. <laughs> they started licensing fewer and fewer titles. And it got to the point when some, they would license something, you'd, you'd feel this sense of surprise like, really? Bandai's releasing that? Yeah. Which shows how far they've fallen because before you would think, oh, yeah, of course Bandai would release that. And it's like, really? Bandai's releasing this? I mean, you, you look at those old Bandai uh, DVDs from the early, early 2000s and late 90s, and they had such a great thing where they have, you know, you'd have a section of coming attractions, and they had such a great job of doing these great little trailers for their other products that they were releasing or currently out and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, and it all just said, went to, to crap. Went and then yeah. furthermore, you would see that they started dropping dubs. Yeah. And they were dropping dubs on shows that just a few years ago they would have dubbed, mm-hmm. like uh, Star Driver, The Girl Who Leapt Through Space, uh, I think one of the Myotome OVAs that came out was sub only. So you look wow. at all this together, you can see this uh, very slow decline. And even last year, they were already just a shadow of their former selves. So few releases, so many delays, so many technical issues. And it pretty much was the writing was on the wall. I just thought that they would last a little bit longer this year, as I mentioned at the top of the segment. But it's not surprising that this happened because, again, this issue of the Japanese having unrealistic expectations and just not caring about foreign markets, it's going to affect everyone at some point. That's and, and the thing in, in the end, it's going to affect them, and they're going to have no one to blame but themselves. Gonna, <laughs> they're going to be sitting there going, Ooh, why isn't anybody buying this stuff? And yeah. Was that, is, that thing, Chairman, is that Chairman DK saying that? Yeah. <laughs> Chairman DK. Oh, oh, nobody's buying my model kits and DVDs. Oh, oh come <laughs> on. It's all, but I'm giving you two episodes on a Blu-ray. Oh, for a whole 50-episode show. Well, I mean, since these guys are moving on to uh, handling license and sub-licensing for their for their properties, um, what do you think this bodes for Bandai uh, Bandai Entertainment for the future? I mean, I guess the DVD and the home video market is pretty much gone, and they're 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 uh, for, for on their end anyway. And I guess they're looking towards the you know, internet you know what it bodes? They're gonna they're gonna jack all their licenses fees up 100 mm-hmm. percent, and gonna see how they can try to screw Funimation and and whoever's left. The sad thing is is you know, some of this stuff will probably get license rescued, but you know, the sad thing is, is things like Gundam. Yeah. It's not going to license refu- rescued because they're going to keep the freaking strong well, arm on that. Let's yeah. let's get to this one point at a time. First of all, uh, at the top of the segment, I said that this is kind of like Genion, but not exactly, mm-hmm. because Genion's exit was immediate and everything was canceled. Right. And they stopped just everything, and they the let still Funimation yeah. uh, start distributing their stuff. In this case. Bandai is still going to be producing stock of current licenses until those licenses expire. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to run out and get whatever thing that you want from Bandai that you don't have tomorrow. But obviously, sooner than later yeah. is better. I just would, to make I would, sure. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't sit there and, and wait. I mean, within 2012, it's the beginning of the year, so you might want to start as you start seeing this stuff. Uh, chances are, if Grab you it see on Amazon or write stuff as you store, as you can. Yeah, and you got the money, might want to buy it because it may not be there the next time you come back. <laughs> buy it now because if you don't, you'll regret it later on when that $30 box set now goes for $150. Especially those uh, the the Gundam re-releases they're doing where the, the they're releasing the series in two box sets like um, Mobile Suit and yeah. some of the other ones like G Gundam. I, I, I put off on getting some of them, and now it's my mission this year to get as many as I can before they're gone. I think, yeah, I, might, so, I think I might buy extra copies of, of, of that <laughs> just to start selling them in a year from now on eBay. <laughs> hey man, that would be fitting. <laughs> you, you do that as the Mitt Romney of anime. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, you don't have to get them right now and, mm-hmm. and go broke and waste your paycheck. But plan budget for it and plan yeah. for it. Get them sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as Gundam goes, it's a very murky situation because you have – Bandai Visual releasing Unicorn here directly, but it's already unclear what that means for American audiences for the last two volumes. I sure as hell don't want to import from, say, Amazon Japan, a hundred bucks for an yeah. episode of Unicorn. That's Ooh. just not. That's just not cool. And wait but, three weeks for it to get here. <laughs> yeah. So what it means for Gundam, I don't know because back in the '90s, before Bandai Entertainment became a distributor. Ironically enough, they started off as just a, a, a sub-licensor. Right. So they're kind of going back to what they were before. Yeah, when they were Anime Village. But uh, I'd heard that uh, several companies had shown interest in wanting to license some Gundam stuff from mm-hmm. Sunrise. But the Sunrise said, no. You want to release this Gundam? You got to release them all. Ooh, and of wow. course, back then and even now, what company in their right mind would even agree to that? No, none. And none. It's, it's, it's a huge risk. It's a huge risk <laughs> with very little payoff because, as we know, you know, mecha anime is a very, very small niche within something that itself is a niche, and that's yeah. anime. And on top of that, with the, all the different AU series for Gundam, I don't see why they wouldn't let people just individually license those because they are independent. They're part of the franchise, but they also stand out on their own. Say for anyone that's a sequel to one like Gundam Seed Destiny or whatnot. But like for something like Age, is that gonna you know stop that from coming out here in any way, shape, or form? Because they they have this mandate where you know if you want one, you got to take them all. That's insanity. Well, you know, being the the basically the blind fools that Sunrise are, it wouldn't surprise me if they had that art that. Yeah. If if that was accurate, that that's the way they were back then, which wouldn't surprise me at all, given what we know about them. Right. It also would not surprise me if that's how they still are now. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I got to say, so far we've seen there's no advantage to all of Gundam being released by one company. Because you look back at Bandai's release of Gundam, like, just look at the UC stuff. No consistency at all between dub actors. <laughs> no. Yeah. They yeah, tried exactly. in some cases, but... Um, they look, tried, but yeah. things got screwed up. It's like, yeah, we, we got... The same actors for MSG and Shars Counterattack, but we couldn't get them for Zeta. Nope. We sure as hell couldn't get them for Unicorn, and obviously there was no double Zeta. But then all the other stuff, like for example, um, you know, you look at Double uh, Eighty Three. Those dub guys for Basque and Jamatov aren't the same ones from Zeta. No. Nope. Yeah. You look at Eighth MS Team. That dub guy for Giran in that little one yeah. scene ain't the same guy yeah. as any version of MSG. No. Yeah. You look well, at Unicorn, not the same people as anyone who were, who were in uh, UC stuff previously. And, and it kills me because 
you know, this, this all or nothing mandate, it's like, you don't want to take, you wouldn't want to take the little bit of money just releasing a, a re-release of, of Gundam Wing, because that would freaking sell. Yeah, I bet I you if... See, I could see some companies wanting a few things like, yeah. you know, uh, right stuff, they kind of do license rescues on classic stuff, so maybe they want to jump on 0080 or 0083 yeah. or 8th MS. Maybe mm-hmm. Funimation wants to jump on Wing oh, or yeah. Seed or 00, but nobody's going to want to jump onto the whole thing, and... The sad thing is some of these companies could do a lot better job than what Bandai was doing because what did we what what did some of us say here on this podcast for a long time when it came to stuff like Gias and Double O? We're all mm-hmm. holding out for Blu-ray releases because yeah. who the hell would want to buy a DVD when you know there's a Blu-ray of it in Japan? Yeah, when the show aired in HD in Japan and you know, you know, we're we're watching it as it's airing in Japan to see how great it looks. And you want to own it on Blu-ray because that's how it would be replicated. That's the that's the that's the current format now. Yeah, it has arrived. Exactly. DVD is now the past. Why do mm-hmm. I want to buy some outmoded technology when there's a nice high definition version available? Yeah. But look at Bandai, Bandai Entertainment. They just really did not get into the whole Blu-ray thing. The one and only Gundam Blu-ray they ever released was the Double O movie. Yeah, and they only released a few things here and there on Blu-ray. Look at Funimation and especially Sentai. Those guys have gone full throttle yeah. into Blu-ray. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, they've put the investment into it. Hell, uh, for some releases, Funimation, they're dropping individual DVD releases and packaging them as a combo pack with the Blu-ray. Yeah. Sort of the, the Disney strategy. Nice. Yeah. Because, you know, hey, it makes perfect sense. If you have a reasonably priced combo package, yeah, maybe you don't have a Blu-ray player now, mm-hmm. so you're getting it to buy the DVD, but that Blu-ray's there. And when or that maybe. day comes that you do get that Blu-ray player, mm-hmm. you've already got the Blu-ray. Yeah, that's or, maybe, or maybe you don't have a Blu-ray player, you just have one Blu-ray player and you don't have one in your bedroom. You still have a yeah. DVD player. You know? <laughs> well, so. that, that's what I did back when um, Bebop started coming out on DVD. I had the fan subs on, on tape, but I started buying the DVDs as they were coming out because I knew I'd eventually get a, Blu- a DVD player. It was a year and a half before I got a DVD player back then. And um, a year before we even got um, our PlayStation 3 here, my wife and I started buying d- movies that are dual Blu-ray and DVD because we knew we were inevitably going to get a Blu-ray player. So, I mean, you know, we, we planned for And it worked for perfectly for Disney. You know, families, yeah. they don't have Blu-rays. Or you give the DVDs for the kids to scratch up and spit on in their rooms <laughs> or in the car. Exactly. And the parents keep the nice Blu-ray to watch mm-hmm. themselves. Yes, indeed. So that's a great thing of Funimation doing that. Of course, some people complain, but, you know, they always will. Mm-hmm. But they're looking forward, and they're looking at what's worked, and they're doing it themselves. Has Bandai ever done that? No. Nah. Nah, they're a little too slow to, to adapt to the market. And, um, no, they're not slow. They just refuse. That's, yeah, there's it's, a difference between it's, slow yeah. and slow they're not, they're, and, and Yeah, they're not. Well, well I mean, it's not, they, like they, they miss, it's not like they miss the bus. They're not even trying to catch it. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, true. That, that, they, were, they they did one or two Blu-ray releases, but yeah, they I guess they were just pretty much hesitant for the most of the run. But yeah, uh, they also got their hands tied because uh, they did a release on Blu-ray of uh, the series Kurokami, mm-hmm. and Bandai in Japan forced them to release the Blu-ray dub only because Ooh. they feared reverse importation. So if you bought the DVD. The DVD was dual language and also had more episodes per disc. Mm-hmm. The Blu-ray had fewer episodes per disc and was dub only. It's like, oh. come on, that's just a guaranteed. That's just setting yourself up to deliberately fail. 
But then again, they also don't even understand what it is that American fans want because they uh, they were under this assumption that with Zeta Gundam, with that, that infamous DVD release, that American fans were okay with dub titles. No! American fans are not okay with dub titles. <laughs> that is the last thing that American fans want. And they want the original Japanese language. So... Absolutely. Contrary to that, that infamous little uh, banner of Bandai Visuals of, we know everything about anime fan wants. No, you don't know everything. You, you know nothing. <laughs> Pretty much. You know less than nothing. Yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they also uh, localize uh, Gurren Lagann here? Uh, I remember with the, the initial release of Gurren Lagann, it was just straight sub only, and then later on they released a dual language version. Well, that's well, kind of a different thing because if you remember, ADV originally had Gurren Lagann. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's then right. it got canceled because of the the, the whole Sojits fiasco, mm-hmm. and then Bandai relicensed it. So initially, because of all of those delays. They put out a quick sub-only set just to get it out to the fans who had been waiting for so long since ADV's original announcement. Right. Then they did a full dub themselves. So yeah, that, that's the version I own. Yeah. I own the I own the one that's the, the sub-only that they just try to get out to the fans. Mm-hmm. So that. Which I gotta say, that's actually a good thing then to do because yeah. there was such a huge delay from the time that ADV licensed it to the time Bandai was able to release it because of that whole fiasco mm-hmm. that, yeah. you know, they did something good for the fans. Those who have been waiting and who want it and only care about the sub could get it. And then they put out the complete version later on. So yeah. that yeah, actually never... was a good thing on their part. But yeah, so they just did not adapt to the marketplace. And one of the things that is part of the marketplace is now Blu-ray in yeah. America and Japan. Mm-hmm. Everything in Japan is Blu-ray now. Mm-hmm. But for us, that's still an uphill battle. And, of course, when I got a Blu-ray player, when I got my PS3 over four years ago, I pretty much stopped buying DVDs because why would I? Yeah, oh, I'm it. selling. I'm selling the DVDs on Blu-ray or on I, eBay. I've, I've also gone and replaced some stuff on DVD with, yeah. Blu-ray. with the Blu-ray version. The only times that I've still been buying DVDs have been with anime because there's a lot of stuff that you know just ain't coming out on Blu-ray. Like, for example... Yeah. I know I'm never getting a release of MSG on Blu-ray. That's not, <laughs> not even in America. Japan. Not in America. It's not even in Japan. That's why I bought that uh, collection. I'm going to get part two. But honestly, before that, it had been maybe two or three years since I had bought an actual DVD. And see, and see, the short-sightedness or the refusal to do this just is so stupid because if Bandai said, we're going to start doing Blu-rays and they start re-releasing some stuff... You know, like uh, Ghost in the Shell and stuff like that. I would buy it. You know, like I would the, instantly the have scooped it up. I, I've already have it on DVD, but I would I would sit there and I would repurchase it mm-hmm. on Blu-ray. I mean, I want I want Cowboy Bebop on Blu-ray. Oh my I, you god! Know, can you imagine? I mean, I, I want to be able to get that. <laughs> well, it's not even on Blu-ray in Japan. Only, the, I know. Only, only the movie is only the um, movie, which movie, we also but have, still, but only because yeah. of Sony. Yeah, but thank, the, but the goodness. but the thing is is. You know, it's it's the refusal to see this as you know a, as what's coming as what's replacing DVD. Yeah, it's a little bit more expensive probably, but I'm sure each year as these things get produced, the costs are going down. I mean, it's just how that stuff works. Well, they and, definitely are. I mean, Blu-rays oh. are now reaching the prices that uh, DVDs were. Yeah. DVDs have been for years. Yeah. I mean, you can easily walk into a store and and find like ten dollar Blu-rays. And, oh yeah, uh, God knows catalog if you, titles. If you pre-order, uh, it's even less. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 starting to become affordable, man. It's an amazing to see. It's amazing to see that transition again. And um, 
Yeah, it's because Blu-rays have started to saturate the market. People own Blu-ray players. I, I just bought a Blu-ray player for 99 bucks from Sony just uh, uh, during the Christmas season. So, um, you know, we got, I've got two Blu-ray players in the house now. And I would have never thought that was possible five years ago <laughs> or four years ago. So, yeah. yeah. Um, doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. you know, that that's it, it's sad. But, you know, I think people have to realize this is why we're so – it's not that we're cynical. It's just we're being real. And that's why, you know, when, yeah. when the whole thing came down in turn A, it was just like, well, believe it when we see it. And, and look what happened. We're not seeing yeah. it. So it's not about being pessimistic. It's about being open to the conditions of the market and not just having yeah. blind faith and desires because those bl- blind faith and desires doesn't get you anything. Yeah. No. Well, I will, I will applaud uh, Banda Entertainment on one thing. They've been pretty, um, pretty good with putting their stuff on streaming on the Internet as of recently. A lot of the shows that were hits, they put them out there. And um, I am a little miffed that uh, Gundam Age wasn't released worldwide, um, subtitled, and they have the reasons for that. But, uh, you know, take advantage of that, like Funimation has with uh, One Piece. Funimation? Yeah, Funimation. I keep saying that. Uh, who is this Funimation company? Yes, who is this serious Funimation? I have been saying it that way for years. I'm so sorry for you. Um, but Funimation has been um, putting all the shows that they have licensed on uh, Hulu and whatnot, at least the majority of their major shows, like like as you mentioned, One, One Piece, Piece and Dragon Ball and all this stuff. And they have commercials in there and they get revenue from that. And, you know, strike while the iron's hot, man. Um, Age has been airing in Japan and it's it's picking up steam. Why isn't it on... You know, streaming services here as well as it is on. Um, well, you in, have in, to in, in the, in the have Pacific real, region. You have to realize when you have things that are franchises that, um, you know, it's just built in. Where as technology progresses, mm-hmm. you can reoffer this in different ways. Yeah. And and, and and still get money for these titles that you have. I mean, look at like, look, you know, you're talking about streaming. Look at all like downloadable games and stuff. You know, PSN and, and Xbox Live. All the time, they're releasing games from old, old consoles, and you know now, and people are buying it, no problem. And you know, it's just more revenue. And okay, it might be a little bit of a pain in the ass on certain things to convert them over. I don't know. I don't know the process, but still, it, it's that 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 you're talking about revenue that you weren't planning on before, on stuff that is really has little or no cost, and it just doesn't make any sense. But you know, th- this is why these things are going on. This is why Bandai Entertainment is um, g- going the route they are. And, you know, it would not surprise me by the end of the year or, or you know, some sometime soon that, okay, maybe the current things are going to honor them till the, till the licenses run out. It wouldn't surprise me in, like, July they come out and say, well, you know, these things, are, we still have license life on them, but we're going to stop now, you know, because it just sounds like they have a lot of problems. And... The problem being Japan. <laughs> I, I think what's most the Japanese overlords. <laughs> what's most disappointing is they were making great steps forward, like with Unicorn being a worldwide release, and I thought that might be the model for everything else. Like I don't expect something like Age to be dubbed instantaneously when they come out, but um, to be able to buy it off a of PSN, you know, as they are airing, you know, that would have been kind of cool, and it would make a little revenue from that, and then later on you could put it on a streaming service where there's commercials and you can watch it that way and you know just find new ways to make revenue you've got the internet which is a smorgasbord of uh of of income if you if you use it in the right way and 
they just never took that advantage. They never took advantage of that, and it's, that's why they were slow to react. And 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 why they're in the position they're in now is because they don't they didn't adapt well to all these different opportunities that were there. And they want to sit there and blame piracy. I think Will Wheaton put it best when he talked about the fact that companies are usually their own worst enemy when it comes to 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 piracy and the way that uh, things are made available to the people who want to buy them but don't have the opportunity to buy them and they have to sit and wait to get something that they can probably easily get off the internet in seconds uh, you know you just you 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 make your own you make your own detriment if you don't act quickly on these things well yeah. as i as i've heard said before mm-hmm. uh no one is better at ruining anime releases than the japanese themselves so <laughs> Ain't that the i time. think that's where we should leave this because mm-hmm. you know exactly. I would just encourage people to, when it comes to these things, don't assume that every bit of bad news is that uh, the sky is falling and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Let's take the worst case scenario. Let's say the anime industry dies in America. So what? I mean, is that the end of your life? You know, is that some huge detriment to your life? Is there nothing else out there that you can like and enjoy? No. You know, industries change. Some survive, some don't. I mean, just look at... Uh, you know, there, in the news uh, this last week when we're recording this, that uh, Kodak's going to file for bankruptcy. Wow. You know, look look at their history in film and how long they've been around, but look what happened. They didn't innovate. They oh, completely wow. shunned digital, digital. cameras when, uh, when, that pop, when that technology appeared. They were the ones who created it back in the 70s, but they shunned <laughs> it because what did they want? They wanted to focus on their old revenue stream, which was film. And film is dead, and so are they, and, or and, they will be, because they refuse to adapt to the new market, even though it was right there in their hands. And when they try to go on another route with like their printers, which are by industry standards the best out there, it just wasn't going to help them anymore. And you know they just ended up dying. And yeah, I mean all this stuff's cyclical, and you know what goes up must come down. So, and the only way that these companies survive it. Is to always recognize the changing trends, and you know the change. The trends used to change. Used to sometimes take fifty years for the trends to change. Now it, now it take takes five. Like, yeah, yeah. Or, or less. sometimes less. Yeah, especially especially with technology, it can be less. I mean, how many how many companies have we saw that were great companies and now they don't exist anymore, yeah. or they you know they merged into something else? So you know, it's it's a sad thing, but. Oh, hey, this is what's going to have to it's, happen. It's what happens, and, you know, I would urge fans, as always, you know, these sorts of issues, to look at them from a business perspective and not from just your perspective as the fan who, who wants what yeah. you want, because that's not the way it works. You know, like, th- this whole, th- people obviously angry about the cancellation of Turn A, and yeah, I'm not happy about it because I wanted to buy it, but it's not like Bandai was deliberately scheming to screw you over. They're like, oh, you, you want it? Well, you can't have it. You know, it's just the byproduct of a business decision. And, you know, what happens, happens. This sort of stuff can't be helped. You know, and look at it from a perspective more broadly than just your, you know, selfish needs and wants. And uh, in closing, I would say, you know, it is a shame that it ended this way. But, you know, Bandai has released so many good things over the years that, you know, I do have to applaud them for releasing so many good titles that uh, are classics and you know will be sticking around for a long time even after Ben Entertainment is long gone. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But it would have been sure. nice to have a, a, a non-bootleg copy of Turn A. <laughs> well, so. it would have been and you know, uh, I guess uh, we're never getting 
DVDs of uh, Victory or, or Double Zeta. Or Double Zeta. And hey, might as well take down the partition, uh, Solbro. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen for Gundam X. Yeah. <laughs> Retire it and hang it, at the, hang it on the rafters. Yeah. Give, give, it, give it a clean death. <laughs> take it out uh, behind the barn and shoot it. Oh, yeah. my lord. <laughs> so... I'm sure week. we'll be coming back to this topic in the future once it becomes clear what's going to be going on specifically with Gundam. So for now, you just, as I would caution everyone, wait and see. Don't jump out and say, oh, it's going to be this or this because look what happens. No yeah. turn A, no anything. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Great news. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. I know you. And I know when you got something brewing. I know it. What I got brewing? You what I got brewing, right? You tell me. You done lost your dumb damn mind. If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam at MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AFMAHQCH or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code AFGUNDCH. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, premiership soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs and also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should too. Check it out, Gundam Nation. One of our longtime listeners, Eric Keith, has a new project on the horizon that he needs your help on. On the call in show, I, at the end, I plugged. A webcomic I'm going to be working on, or I actually am working on now, where I'm the writer, and a gentleman named uh, Michael is going to be the, the artist. Well, in this webcomic, it is going to be based on the Dreamcast Gundam game called 0079 Side Story Rise from the Ashes. If you've never heard of it before, it was a really awesome first-person Gundam simulator where you played a, a member of the MS Team White Dingoes in Australia near where the uh, initial colony that Xeon dropped had landed and where Xeon, of course, have took, taken over. And you lead a small ragtag team of, of MS pilots and you fight against Dom, Zaku's, a goaf shows up and uh, at the end you fight some ridiculously overpowered Xeon tank called the Rhino, which was designed before the thing from Igloo, MS Igloo. The comic's gonna be based on that game, and what I'm gonna be doing is getting a group of people together that are fans of what the comic is about, and stick them in the background, and have them be, you know, not main characters, like, you may not even have a speaking part, but what I wanna do is I wanna take you guys from the Facebook group, and from Mecha Talk, and if you're interested, I'll have my email address 
uh, down below. Send me a, a headshot of yourself, and when we start working on the comic and releasing it in about a year, and you just might actually see yourself in the background. You heard right. If you'd like to be a character in the background of this new manga project, definitely head on over to youtube.com slash channel 609. That's literally channel S-I-X-O-N-I-N-E. And view the entire Rise from the Ashes video where Eric explains the whole concept. If you want to reach him by email, send him a message to erictkeith at gmail.com. And if you'd like to see the artwork of the um, artist involved, Mike Fontecchio, visit his DeviantArt account at mr Hayami H-A-Y-A-M-I, dot DeviantArt.com. We wish Eric and Mike the best of luck with this project, and we can't wait to see how it turns out. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you guys later on. Bye. Open. God damn it! Open! Prime, you said the Matrix would light our darkest hour. Magnus! I want the Matrix! Never! Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. We're closing out episode ninety-three, and in this episode, we talk about we talked about the uh, pretty much the uh, the end of an era with uh, Bandai Entertainment and uh, the shocking news that just well, the not so shocking news that uh, came down over the the turn of the year, and um, and pretty much what the outlook might be for uh, their their future. But um, before we actually shut the episode down, if I if I own stock in Bandai, I would sell, sell, sell. <laughs> That you I, know, I know I never would have bought, but <laughs> that seems very anti-Jim Cramer of you. Oh man! Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, before we close this episode out, we, oh, you know we have to make a stop at the post office, headed by your uh, postmaster Chris, with the mailbag. Take it away, Chris. Well, we actually have a pretty short mailbag because, as it turns out, uh, Mechatalk is momentarily down, so <laughs> can't access the mailbag thread, but. We do have a couple of voicemails, which, of course, you can send us a voicemail to 305-792-8324 or 305-SWAT-FAG, if that makes it easier for you to remember. And just want to make a quick note, not about anyone specific, but I made the same thing on Chaos Theater. Uh, Everyone's definitely done a good job with keeping under four minutes. And we do want you to keep under four minutes and mention right away what your name is and what show you're calling for, because it's the same number for all three shows. Problem is that some messages uh, have just been, like, really bad rambling stuff. 
and you got lots of ums, lots of uhs, lots of actual dead space, lots of repeating and saying the same thing over again. And I just want to make it clear that when you have that, that creates as much extra work for Sobro or for Pedro as if you had gone over the time limit because they have to cut all that out. And I hope you all don't leave messages like this for people in real life. So here's my advice. Drunken dial. <laughs> Is that what we're having? Bunch of drunken dials. Not quite. If you have a comment or a question, have it in mind already before you call. Don't call and then start to think of what you should be saying. <laughs> I'll put it to you like this. If you were going to send a voicemail to your boss, would you have some rambling long thing or would you just try to be direct and to the point? So think about that. So our first voicemail comes from Sakura Angel. Many, many months ago, I remember you guys being looking for a potato bear west and east. Well, guess what? Because you can't tell me a potato bear west or a Mexicano potato bear. I also have one question for Sobro. Speaking of his man, and we all know they're a bunch of wimpy guys, who will win the battle of the most wimpy uh, Superman? Saki Crushbolt or DK from uh, Gundam Age? All right, so Mexican pedo bears and a, a fight between... Uh... Sobro's men. What do you what do you think, Sobro? Saji or, or DK? <laughs> well, you know that um, you know that Saji would uh would, would hit him with a milk toast uppercut. <laughs> that is and, that and, is in the fight quickly. <laughs> well, there is that, but the thing is, DK has this sort of skunk defense that he'd be so scared of the fight that he'd crap his pants, and the smell of that would be so overwhelming <laughs> that he'd get a TKO. Well, you hit him with a poo poo hadouken. <laughs> that. Pretty much. <laughs> K.O. Saji loses. <laughs> well, also too, I, I think uh, DK DK's bigger, you know, because he's a little he's a little round guy. So it's like I think if once he got him on the ground, got Saji on the ground, Saji be done for. So get his sumo his, on. He just he just put his weight on him. Yeah. So I vote I vote DK. DK. Huh? I, I vote DK. I'd like to think that Saji will win that fight, but I think DK may have some dirty underhanded tactics. Literally dirty. Man. Literally, literally dirty. <laughs> Straight up dirty. <laughs> go, go, monkey poo flinging. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our next voicemail comes from Angel Wing Zero. Uh, I've got two questions for the host of Gundam. First one is, do you guys play SD Gun Capsule Fighter online. I saw you guys were pushing the beta a little while ago, and it's online now. It's really fun. And apparently... Much better than mobile ops. And the uh, second question is, is Hatsune Miku our 21st century version of Sharon Apple? And will she kill us all? SD Gundam Capsule Fighter, no, I'm not playing it. I played the beta. Unfortunately, uh, my computer is four years old and was a mid-range system even for back then, so it's kind of nearing the end of its life and consequently is not a gaming machine. So... Uh, the little that I played of the beta, it just was horribly choppy and unplayable. So as a result, I can't play the release of the game. So you guys? No, I didn't I play it. I think it's cool. I, I, I messed around with it a little bit, and uh, I, I, pl I plan on playing it more. But um, it's, it's a pretty neat game. I, I, I tried it during the beta, seat, the ba the beta test, too, and um, I, thought it was a, I thought it was pretty addictive. I just have to, 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 to delve in it more. But uh, I see that our listeners have formed a, uh, a clan on the game. So for those who uh, listen to the show that want to join them, they formed a clan called the Gundam Nation. And um, you can definitely join it if you're a listener of Gundam. 
Yeah, and it's it's a fun game from what little I was able to play of it. It's just for me a technical limitation. Mm-hmm. And, no excuse. <laughs> yeah. His his other question is Hatsune Miku the modern version of Sharon Apple, and is she going to kill us all? Yes. Oh yeah, man. She's uh, she's the sec- she's the the true coming of Skynet. Get ready. <laughs> First, it's pimping Toyotas. Next, mm-hmm. it's uh, launching nuclear missiles. And building a robot army to take us all over. But not necessarily in that order. Hey, you watch out, man. Those Predator drones. <laughs> Who's watching over that to make sure that some computer-generated little Japanese singing idol isn't trying to seize control? Could you, could you imagine, could you imagine uh, an, uh, a squadron of drones playing her music as they're strafing you? <laughs> you and your family? You're hearing little Japanese pop music as you're getting destroyed by 50 calibers? It's like, exactly. oh, my God. First, first she kills your hearing, then she kills you. Yeah, it, it, it'd be like the the siren song of death. Like you know what's coming, like in Apocalypse Now. Yeah, like those. I think those guys and you know those crazy goofballs and wings of Rian, You know the uh, the imperial those guys that wanted to bring back Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, uh, you know, that that would have worked well for them. Used to sing an iPod icon or i idol with uh, predator drones. Well, Colonel Kurtz, better watch out. Exactly. Oh, man. So, our last voicemail comes from Bakuhatsu. Hey, uh, Gundam crew. I was wondering uh, what are your thoughts on the SOPA Act and uh, what does that mean for anime fan subbing and anime piracy in general? I uh, want to hear your opinion. Uh, love the show, and Sobro does amazing editing, and this is coming from a young Asian boy. The SOPA legislation has been in the news all over the place, and you know, I'll, I'll keep my comment to this simple because you could do a whole episode on this but we're oh, not yeah. a politics show and we're not a legal show but yes it's it's a horrible piece of legislation and let's not mince words all of these legislators are whores to the lobbyists who give them campaign contributions and they will carry out their bidding uh very expediently it's no surprise that you have this revolving door of politicians to lobbyists to politicians again or more importantly their aides who write this legislation that's very beneficial to these companies, and then as soon as that legislation is written, what happens? They get cushy jobs as lobbyists oh, yeah. for these companies, and they're now lobbying their former employers on the Hill to get even more favorable legislation. So it's just a vicious cycle of money. And clearly, like all of these old white men have no concept of what the Internet is or how it works. <laughs> Series of tubes. And they don't uh, exactly, exactly. It's a series of tubes. They have no comprehension of how negative their uh, their actions will be for the internet. You know, it's very. I think it's pretty telling that when they had the hearings about this in the House, that all of the parties that were called to testify were pro SOPA, with the only exception being Google. And as soon as Google's lawyer began her testimony, uh, the congressmen were attacking Google as being a pro piracy company. And as a further evidence of this vicious cycle of lobbying and, and everything, the head of the MPAA, the main lobbying group for Hollywood, is Chris Dodd, the former Democratic senator from Connecticut, who, what did he do? He said he wasn't going to be a lobbyist, and right out the door, he became a lobbyist. Absolutely. So screw that guy, because I used to respect him, but he's clearly just uh, as bought off and corrupt as all these other cash whores. <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm surprised this hasn't uh, hadn't happened sooner. But 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, and, and this is a typical case of, you know, what, what's the old adage, write your congressman. And, yeah, and I mean, you know, these people are so right? out of touch that they were surprised to see that, yeah. you know, the average ordinary citizens did not approve of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was in the news, I, you guys might have heard about this, the huge backlash against GoDaddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're for it or something. They're yeah. they're for it very heavily for it, and then suddenly, uh, everyone started pulling their domains from GoDaddy. Oh, and for the record, um, MHQ does have business on GoDaddy, and I would rather move away from them. So that's something that we're going to be working on. Oh, oh man! And we Time do have some domains on there. So type of change. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's. Not a simple process to transfer the domain, and they obviously don't want to make it easy for you, but it can be done, and it's something that I do want to have uh, taken care of. So, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, you know, if if this is what uh, you know your answer you're looking for, yes, MHQ is officially against SOPA because it is terrible legislation, and mm-hmm. again, these people who are writing it are out of touch and have no concept of what they're talking about. You know, people who have and you could say this about pretty much everything Congress does. People who have no concept of what they're affecting should not be writing laws affecting those things. But it happens every day. <laughs> but it happens every day, unfortunately. That's just the way Congress is. They're all idiots, and they're all writing about stuff that they have no concept of. But it's like I said, though, when, once you start flooding their inboxes, they do start to notice that when yeah. they get the inboxes flooded. With they people. have no other choice but to respond, but that's and, the other problem. And you're, when you write the letters, don't be a douchebag either. You know, just don't do, you know, it's not a rant on a forum, but just sit there and say, please don't, uh, you know, support this. Because, you know, a lot of it, they probably get these, these crackpots that, you know, fuck you and all this other stuff. And yeah. they're going to file 13 that and all you're doing is feeding into what their, you know, what their perception of it is. Just write a, a, a short, concise, you know, respectful thing saying, please don't go to this. And that will go. That that actually still goes pretty far. And and a couple of tips on that, on how to be effective. Uh, if you can write a snail mail letter, because that has more effect on them, because they know that takes more effort. Yes, it does. An email, you can do it in one minute, and they'll respond in kind with some form letter of, "Oh, thank you for writing." Blah 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 blah. Yep. You know, number two, try to make a phone call because you can make your case to some staffer. Yeah. Number three, um, unfortunately, even though people who you didn't vote for write legislation that affects every American, they don't care about you if you're not their constituent. Yeah. So generally speaking, don't bother calling someone who is not your congressman. Exactly. You know, for example, uh, Representative Lamar Smith, he's, the, he's the, the chief guy on this. He's the go-to. He's the big problem. But if you're not in his district, he doesn't give a rat's ass what you have to say. Yeah. So what you need to do is there are tools um, on the congressional website finding your own congressman because I would guess a lot of people don't even know who their own congressman or woman is. <laughs> and that's the problem that you know a lot of pe- people in America are so apathetic towards politics that these politicians think that on any given issue they're either okay with something or they just don't care. But if you show them that you do care – and they have no choice but to back down on these. So if you don't know who your representative is, if you don't know who your senators are, find them and contact them and try to make them your advocates, whether they support it or not. Because, again, 
Politicians don't care about any. If if you if I can't do something that will get you to vote for me, why do I care about you? That's the calculus, and frankly, it's true. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Why would I listen to somebody? If I live in Florida, why would I listen to somebody from California? <laughs> yeah, you know. I believe uh, Lamar Smith. He's from Tennessee. Why would he care about me in Florida? Yeah, there is no. California. There is no. There is no way that. That me complaining about it in Florida will have any impact on him in his state. But all these guys talk, so if they're hearing yeah, it, these guys um, do talk. If I talk so. to my Congress person and then they talk to him, that's how the system works. So yeah. you have to be involved. You can't just say to yourself that all of this stuff that Congress does doesn't doesn't affect us because like it I does. Said, and like I said, when you write these things, don't. It's not a flame war, you know. Yeah. So don't. Don't you know? Four chan mode is not going to help you. No, yeah. <laughs> no, you, that is the you get, opposite. <laughs> you get you get more with you get more with honey than vinegar. So yeah. just remember that. Even if you think they're complete assholes, you still got to give people respect. So jump now, on your so jump on your favorite word processor. Print up that letter and and make sure it's thought provoking, if not at least well written and intelligently formed, and uh, mail it to your congressman. <laughs> also, uh, to answer the question, what does this mean for anime? Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell because, I mean, if you even assume that this passes, and there are legislators who are trying to pass, they have a competing legislation called Open that is much softer and has better safeguards for privacy and not uh, being so tilted towards censorship. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many things that can change between the time legislation is proposed and then the time it's actually passed and sent to the president to sign that. You can't say that any one thing will survive, good or bad. Well, what's so, Obama's take? Has he said he'd veto it, or has he not even commented on it yet? Because it's so so kind of kind of background still. Well, the thing, unfortunately, about when it comes to uh, you know the entertainment industry um, and all of this pro censorship, pro internet control, it's a bipartisan issue that plenty of Democrats support. So. Um, his administration has not had such a good record on this issue, so I don't doubt that their official position is they support it. So don't count on him to help you with this. Mm. But it doesn't hurt to, to email him too in Mastro's, you know, and make it clear to him, like, hey, we don't like this. <laughs> anyway, um, what does it mean for anime? I don't know because we have to see what passes. And honestly, when it comes to anime, you know, companies like Funimation and Viz and Sentai, they are such small potatoes when it comes to all of the Hollywood studios or the record labels or the broadcast networks that they would not even be a blip yeah. in Washington. No one in Washington is going to care about uh, Funimation's complaints, except, of course, you know, if they complain to their representative in Texas. Yeah. Oh, maybe who, who's their representative? Is it Ron Paul? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> Is it? Well, in that case, don't 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 expect any help, Funimation. <laughs> Not at all. Anyway, good luck. good luck on that one. Again, we'll just have to wait and see what passes, if anything at all passes. Yeah, speculation is hard to say in situations like this because it. it, it even if it does pass, it may be some different version than what's originally. Yeah, there's so many so, different yeah. variables because in the Senate they have a version that's just as bad called the Protect IP Act. You know, and as legislation goes, you know, if you have bills in the House and the Senate that differ in their content, they have to go to a conference committee to iron out all of the differences and then create one unified bill. That's got to get passed. 
and then it's got to go to the president to be signed or vetoed. So there's just so many variables that there's no way to say what will happen yet. Yeah. And lastly, since we don't have uh, MechaTalk, we do have a comment that was posted and then deleted on the Gundam blog Uh-oh. from K-Dog Prime. He's commenting on episode 92. He says, Chris, you made an error when talking about the Otaku no Video YouTube video about Sea Destiny. He clearly stated that you cannot have an evil main character in a mecha show. You listed a couple of shows that have evil main characters, but not one was a mecha show. Like I put em- extra emphasis on the in a mecha show because he put in all caps, which, number one, you don't have to do that. Okay, you made your point. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sorry that I forgot one word because <laughs> I watched this video when it was posted, which was quite a bit before we got around to it in the mailbag. Sorry. Number two, the point still stands. Everything I said still stands. That doesn't change because of this one little nitpick. Number three, if you're going to nitpick me about a word choice, be sure that you're right about what you're saying because while Death Note is not a mecha show, MD Geist most definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. So you are incorrect in saying that not one was a mecha show. <laughs> And I'm not saying this to try to like show you off or be a dick. I'm just saying, if you're going to correct me about something, be absolutely sure about what you're talking about. He also adds, despite the fact that I disagreed with most of what he said about Sea Destiny, I have to agree with his point about Shin's status in terms of character ranking. It was clear to me from very early on that Shin was not going to be the main focus of the series. I think Sea Destiny tried to take an all-encompassing look at war by jumping around and switching the focus on supporting characters as well as the hero, Kira. It didn't work so well, but it was still obvious Shin was a supporting character and not the basis of the series. What, uh, what, what I, show are these guy people watching? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, hold on, Chris. I don't mean to. I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I'm just so <laughs> sick of you. You know, the show began. It was documented, and all their literature is documented with the openings and the closings oh, yeah. and the story up until, you know, the, the crazy Wedding Crashers episode when it really started to turn. It, Shin Asuka was originally intended to mm-hmm. be the main character. He is the main character. But then for whatever reason, due to writing, due to corporate pressure, whatever it might be, and bringing in the old characters, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but he was the thing. This whole revisionist thing of, oh, it's, it's obvious he wasn't from the beginning. Oh, really? It, okay. Wow. Dude, Jesus I got, H Christ! I, I you got people the are a type? bunch of freaking morons, and I, you know, and it, you know, all <laughs> jokes aside, uh-huh. let's really get our heads out of our asses. It's okay to say he was the main character. It, they, there was a there was a switch, <laughs> dude. But, dude, sell out, sell out. No, but There's I'm no I'm need si- to be so harsh. <laughs> I'm sick of all this ridiculous idiocy. Dude, of got, all this. I got the New so, Type magazine, the New Type USA magazine that that, that, scan, that you know what? Thing no, there, so, that so, has so it bro, right in there. That shows so it bro, right in there. Scan it, scan it, and uh-huh. put it up on the website. You got it. And put it, uh, scan it, and put it up on the website. You got because, it. Because yeah, and you, not only that, make sure you scan the picture, but also scan the front cover mm-hmm. that's showing what it's coming from, so they don't think we're photoshopping it. And, Bunch and, of idiots. And Shin's on the front cover. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. Let me say the same thing as, as Neo here, but more gently. Uh, <laughs> Mr. K-Dog Prime, you're absolutely wrong. It is not at all debatable yes. that Shin was the main character of Destiny. 
up until age, there has never been more than one main character. No matter how big your supporting cast is, it's always clear who the main kid is in his Gundam. And all of this stuff that you're saying and all these other people are arguing like Otaku no Video Guy, that's all revisionist history because you're looking at it after the fact. You have to look at it when it was airing. And as Neo mentioned, you know, in the run-up to the show, all of the magazine scans, all of everything, mm-hmm. who did they show? Shin. Who did they not show? Kira. Yep. The first two openings of the show, who did they focus on? Shin. Shin. Who did they not focus on? Kira. <laughs> um... In the show itself, when did Kira show up? In episode 6, in a silent cameo. <laughs> in the first core, the first 13 set of episodes, he had very little to do until the freedom showed up. And then in the second core, he was doing the wedding crashers. And all that other stuff. <laughs> Even then, it's not until the second half of the show that he had more and more things to do until finally he took over prominence in the show and even in the openings because the third and fourth openings are more about him. You know, you want to know why this whole thing popped up? In character popularity polls, Kira was the most popular character during Seed, after Seed, during Destiny, and after After. Destiny until he was finally dethroned at the top of the rankings by Lelouch Lamperouge. Thank you very much, Lelouch. I mean, I think it's pretty clear, and Shin never reached those heights in the character polls. I think it's pretty clear that they bowed to fan pressure and popularity polls and said, hey, this other character is so popular, we should feature him more. But that is not the way it was intended to be, and it's not at all debatable, this whole thing of the multiple characters. Yeah, you know, they borrowed a couple of elements from Zeta, and one of them was having multiple casts but they just could not manage it the way that Zeta did, which was the old cast played a supporting role to the new cast, a subordinate role. Yeah. And we I mean, ended up with the mess that we did of sloppy writing. And I mean, in the, in, the, in the final battles of Zeta, I think they show a quick snippet of Armoro on, on Earth with Carbo with that crazy, I forget what that mobile suit is, the Durgin or whatever, or... I forget what Not that in the thing. TV show. He has a he has a quick oh, cameo right. in the third in the movie. movie. In the movie, yeah. So yeah. they show the it last there. time you saw him in the show was like in the late '30s, and you never yeah. saw him again in Zeta. Yeah. So just stop, God. <laughs> it's, so no, it's it's gone it's gone to the point that it's just you know it it's just aggravating now. It's like you know that's Understand. not the way it is. Calm, calm down. Calm yeah. down. Calm down. God. But yes, it is revisionist history, it's blockheaded, it's people who are arguing in, in defense of Kira not saying that Mr. K-Dog is, but definitely the otaku guy is. You know, people just arguing in defense of Kira saying, oh, it's always meant to be multi-character. No, it's not. This is absolutely false. Look at the evidence. The evidence is out there. As, as Fox Mulder has shown us, the truth is out there. <laughs> yes. So with that, that's, that's the end of this uh, short mailbag, and I'll turn it back to soul bro all right well that was a very spirited mailbag let me tell you <laughs> i i blame i blame jab man on this oh well I, it's my mission to grab that new type magazine scan yes. it and, and make an article about it on um on gundam.net because yeah i, I still have that issue and it, it clearly shows yes. that but good times uh <laughs> any um any anything else you guys the, wanted? unlike these retards we have the facts backing it up <laughs> 
Okay, man, settle down. You know? Well, well aside, aside from Destiny, any last words, gentlemen? Why does it always have to come back to Destiny? Every day, man. Just can we ever be rid of this show for Christ's sakes? Either that or my Capcom addiction. One of one addiction. One of the two. <laughs> you know, I think we'd have an easier time ridding you of your Capcom addiction than uh, <laughs> ridding this show of of Destiny. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, that's that's the weight around our necks. <laughs> Hey, since it's the first episode of 2012, can, can we do like a 2012 moratorium on Destiny? <laughs> I don't think we'll be that successful on that. Can, can we at least try? We'll yeah. make an attempt. From this episode on, let's let's just not mention Destiny this entire year. Not even like as a joke to make fun of Jabman or whatever or some passing comment. Like just not mention it at all. So he's, he's the defender of blank now. <laughs> yes. Well, well, there goes that commercial. No, you know what you do? You just blank out that part. Oh my. <laughs> Censor it. Do the old SOPA. Sweet. Yeah. SOPA our own commercials. Uh, definitely check out these websites when you get the chance. Head on over where the magic happens. M-A-H-Q.net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right. It's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear South, Pedro Cortez. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. And I've got a few quick shout-outs and, uh, and an announcement to make. Um, I, I wanted to uh, let everybody know that we do have a grand prize winner for the, uh, spe the special number 15 uh, caption contest. And that Thank is you. none. Thank you, Sobro. <laughs> oh, damn. I didn't win. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was just the appearance of a of a of a listener contest, and that we were just going to keep the spoils. Oh man, no doubt, no doubt. I'd like the to thank facade. all of the small people I stepped on to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, much props to Zachary Hilton. Uh, he's actually a, a, a relatively new listener. He said he just um, in his email. He said he just um, started to tune into the show and he fell in love with it. And uh, mentioned that a lot of podcasts lose his interest within five minutes. Yet ours. It, uh, it holds his attention every time because of the conversation. So, um, I, I, his, his, uh, if you want to check out his caption that he uh, created for the photo, go to uh, Gundam.net, and you'll see it in the uh, thread for uh, Special 15. Uh, much props to the runner-up, which is uh, our own Pedal Bear North, Peter Laliberte, um, or Destiny Gundam. He, uh, he did a pretty funny uh, caption where uh, it talks about burning the war orphans. <laughs> sure, sure, you sure that wasn't uh, Austin under uh, Peter's uh, screen name? <laughs> Somehow hawked it through his account. It's a. It must have been a Peter Austin collabo. <laughs> but there's no, there's no prize for runner up. But that was a really funny one, and it almost edged uh, Zachary out. But uh, what about like Peter's? Peter's prize is coming later on this year. <laughs> you mean the the the, uh, the Nadesco review, huh? <laughs> I don't know that's if that's much what you call a prize. That's a booby prize if you ever saw if you ever, if you ever saw one. 
<laughs> but um, many, many thanks to them and everybody who entered the contest, and thanks to uh, Dollar Relance for uh, editing the and, and putting together the the special episode uh, 15, and for the Hod for donating the uh, the prize for the contest. Thank you guys for your help with this, and um, thank, thank everybody who uh, participated. Um, also, uh, always as always, a shout out to the Gundam Nation. And um, I, I also want to give shout-outs to the Suspicious Red Lamp of the, uh, the Decoration, Decoration Disorder Disconnection podcast. Uh, when he wished me happy birthday the other day, he told me that my status at 4chan upgraded. I'm no longer the black one. I'm the fat one. Yes, indeed. <laughs> really? I, 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 hadn't, I hadn't seen that thread. Hey, man, he, uh, he, he, when he told me happy birthday, he let me know that... Uh, my, Are you my, serious? My pop is hot. My, my, yeah, exactly. I, I was, I really? Was, I was just... Wait, 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 wait. That's I didn't see the thread, but he told me that at uh, 4chan they um they made mention about my birthday and it's that uh, fat one's birthday on Gundam. It's like oh, <laughs> so, so I'm no oh longer the black God. one. Sweet deal. <laughs> okay. uh, con- congratulations, I guess. But hey, man, I, I feel like I've won. I've, I've, I feel like I'm moving up in the world. <laughs> I, I guess so. And it's a, uh, it's a less I, I also like to add uh, next time uh, the Hod when you're in South Florida, give me a nail argument. <laughs> Put on the shelf there next to it. There you go to the argument he gave you a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, much much love to the haters at 4chan and um, to uh, <laughs> <laughs> the suspicious red lamp and Bakuhatsu asked the who asked the SOPA question a few uh, minutes ago. Um, check out their podcast at uh, the dddcast.willisite.com. And uh, last but not least, um, always uh, shout outs to uh, this time Gene and Denim for being the first to uh, kill as an Amaro's belt on Mobile Suit Gundam. We'll always remember you as... as no, I won't. <laughs> no, I won't. We'll quickly dismiss you. <laughs> but uh, that's it for my shout-outs. And if there's nothing else to add, um, we will see you guys next time in episode 94 of Gundam at MHQ. Good night. MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint, a proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. Oh, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, a gun. You thought I was going to say son of a bitch, didn't you?